welcome to Baghdad's Film Review. <laughs> film review show operating out of Baghdad. The weekly podcast devoted to the thoughts of a bunch of babbling monkey man children who, by some unlikely twist of fate, managed to convince some females to allow them to deposit their seed in them and spawn children of various sexes. It's the usual stuff from Reeg, Sidey, Dan and Peter this week. Refined, cultured and full of fucking swearing as we take a European vacation with this week's cracking theme from Dan. I enjoyed this this week. Excellent. Peter. Hello. You've once again shown your utter contempt and disdain for our audience by failing to make or bring any notes and also not expanding upon the fast declining slot of the show Cheese Chat. Peter, tell us about the cheese you've got and why you hate our listeners. I haven't brought any cheese this week. <laughs> right. Or I, notes. I've left it for someone else to do. I didn't take any notes, but I think I proved in the midweek mention that I can still recall facts better than you even with notes because muriel's wedding 1994 so yeah I, I guess it all just comes a lot more naturally to me than to you i, I enjoyed your blog this week pete thank you yeah yeah, yeah I kept you to, know the one I kept it to right. a select few <laughs> yeah. yeah bad dad cheese review we do have cheese but i i supplied the cheese this week what have you got we've got le fleuré which is a pasteurized goat's milk cheese mm. harrogate blue which is pretty pongy and some lincolnshire poacher Right. They're solid choices. They're yeah, they're all, all pretty good. Yeah. Gives a bit of that poacher. My sister lives in Harrogate. Is she involved yeah. in, in poacher? If, dairy yeah, products? No, no, if she no, was in if she was in a film, that. it would be a Harrogate blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met her. I didn't even know you had a sister until you just said that. Sorry. She's smaller than me, but she'd smack the shit out of you. Okay, <laughs> but, but she's in Harrogate and I'm here, so we're okay. Yeah. You watch anything? Baghdad. Watch anything good? We watched the first episode of Ozark or the Ozark? Okay. The Ozarks. Oh yeah. Ozark. On Netflix thing. Jason yeah, Bateman. Jason Master Bateman. Yeah. He was it was really good opening episode for a show like that. Often, you know, I think we've talked about this before that the first episode of a new season of anything is quite a tricky. Uh, one yeah, to get the right. Characters. Yeah. Sometimes. Like, like like kids think about ballet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes don't you? You're gonna put it in now, and you will receive in the future. Yeah. That is time well spent i did watch a, a thing on jackie charlton and and that was all i got to watch this week really other than our homework but anybody that that would have seen he that, was quite brilliant in rush thing. hour wasn't he he was fantastic <laughs> you know you never saw it even bobby no that was the only thing i got to watch this week yeah hey you must have seen something i did I, i've been i've been Slowly in between homework for this this podcast, I've been watching Narcos, the the first mm. oh, okay. se first season of it, which is not something that needs to like establish characters and so on because they're all real and mm. you get kind of straight into the action with it. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I've heard that. I have heard that. It's it's a really really good watch. Yeah, mm. we yeah, I watched quite a lot this week. Obviously, the homework assignments did all those. I rewatched Demolition Man. Nice. Which is wow. a real treat. And then I watched The Dig. Have you seen that one? On no, Netflix? the Netflix one about archaeology. About a man digging a hole, yeah. Yeah, I'm up for that. Oh, set in the 1920s. It's -ish. just is before it? the start of the Second World War. Right, okay. So what's that, the 1970s? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's another one I, I didn't know that it was going to have more 
I suppose you need to have more than just a man digging in a field. Yeah, I think they probably, because it is a true story, but I think they probably embellished it a little bit. But it's quite emotional. The missus was in fucking floods of tears again. Uh And then we watched some other stuff. Oh, loads of Harry Potter. I've seen about three Harry Potter films this week. And I'm sure there was another movie. What was our top five last week? Oh, Casino Scenes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, no notes. You've got notes. (laughs) I haven't got notes, but I've plucked that out of this database that is my brain. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh Did it get any more nominations? nothing nothing that we hadn't already covered right oh fair enough we had covered a lot though didn't we yeah we did we did a long time listener jeff kitchen emailed (laughs) in to say the casino from casino so i think that's a good shout yeah thanks jeff well done jeff (laughs) good work jeff right so uh, we did a a top five it was my week Mm. i took it on I fell in love. That's the European theme going through there. It was films, movies, top five set in Europe. Yeah, I yep. did a reverse Brexit on this. Right. Okay. I, I culled the UK altogether. Yeah, I did as well. I Fair went, with, I went with mainland the, mainland The Europe. amount of choice that yeah. we had, then I think there's plenty to, to go around. It was linked to the children's feature that we're going to watch in a little while Paris obviously and I thought well let, let's go a, a little bit stronger into the, the European mm. film scene there's some crackers in here isn't there I'm going to start off with well any Bond or Sherlock film I just wanted mm. to get them out the way to be honest I don't mm. know if anybody wanted to talk about them any longer but no thanks there's, there's all <laughs> there's all them yeah there's all them there's all the Bonds and yeah. all the Sherlocks but like you I try to keep the UK out of it a little yeah. bit. Oh, is that really it on the Bond stuff? No, I think you go, <laughs> no, go on, go on, let your free flag fly about the well, Bond we, shit. We, go we on, did, this is the time to do it. We covered quite a lot in the casino scenes last week as well, because, uh, you know, most of the Bond films, the, um, I'd be surprised if there's any single Bond film that doesn't feature a trip to Europe at some point. Yeah, you can, well, wedge, you can, UK, wedge, in, yeah. You can wedge in many, many in this one. But did you have a, a special mention for a particular Bond one? No, no, I didn't even think about Bond. I, well, I, I mean, it it sort of sort of went through my head briefly, but I just thought you guys would talk about it, and I, <laughs> yeah, good one, guys, for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so we've trolled you by not selecting like, a yeah. Bond. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've done that. That's yeah. one nil to the rest of us. Right, kick us off then, Pete. I've put my notes in alphabetical order, and it's a it's a film that we touched upon ever so slightly. So I've gone with Austria, and I've gone with The Sound of Music. Oh, yeah, yeah nice. because I know it's a big a big favourite of sides. I fucking love that film as well. I love the songs in it, and yeah, strong performances. It's an iconic film. You you can't get away from it, whether you like it or not. It is it is massive, and mm. yeah, it's set in in some bloody lovely scenery up in the mountains and so on so yeah that was i thought was a strong solid opening gambit for this yeah so so now i guess we've had then austria austria is off the list Mm. oh is Is that that, how this works you can't mention i've just made that hopefully not because i got about (laughs) 30 paris nominations Uh, okay right we'll forget that then how about then schindler's list Mm. is that krakow how do you pronounce that yeah. Right. Oscar Schindler exploits some employment legislation loophole to take advantage of cheap labour costs. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> Let the right one in. Anybody seen oh, that? Swedish. In Swedish, yeah. Lat den Rata, in. It's kind of about how this creepy sort of hundred year old 
vampire who looks like a little girl has a slave that's a creepy sort of 12 year old kid with violent Scared tendencies shit, I mean, just that just as soon as you start well, talking about that that's just i'm so pleased i haven't seen it it's more this kind of story about these two characters although there are a couple of sort of horror moments in it it's got chloe grace moretz right, where, in it where, the where remake. Is this film made, sorry? sweden in sweden yeah you know, it just i'm still getting over midsummer yeah, you know, which is well, just in that's... that area. Is that gonna kind of make this? Well, that was on my list. I yeah. had that. That was Sweden and Hungary. You know, in in midsummer, you've got the sort of delightful dappled sunlight through the trees. You've got the <laughs> yeah. beautiful flowers, the gorgeous sunshine, and you've got the man sewn into the bear costume who's been set on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, if you haven't seen that or, or heard like, that yeah, episode like, of the Bad it's Dad's still working film on... pod getting pete to watch it but no, yeah so you wanna, far you want to get back Woo. in and, and check that out because i did and now you have to right i i've got next then one of one of the, the favorite films actually is before sunrise richard link later link still later. haven't watched any of these um so it's a 1995 american romantic drama richard link later and it's it turned into a a trilogy, the Before trilogy, with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. They meet on a Eurorail trail, a train, and just have a conversation, like you do when you're young with somebody, a hot chick on the train, and then you mm. you choose to get off the train together, even though it's not your kind of stop, and spend the night together and go, you know, have a just a wonderful wild time. And I, I mean, abs- I can confirm that nothing like that has ever happened to me. Nothing has ever happened to anyone, but we'd all wished <laughs> but- it had happened when we're sat on a train and we look across. Mm. So, you know, that, that kind of moment where you just think, I'd love to do something absolutely crazy now and, and just get off the train with this girl and follow her, follow her and stalk her in it. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't like that kind of film. But if you haven't seen it, it's, it's just such a sweet film that actually when I, even think about this it just harks back and i think richard link later he's so good at this just mm. tapping into the emotions of youth you know and yeah. how you felt he did dazed and confused yeah um boy is, is the other one is boy it boyhood is, one, is it uh, no boyhood, boyhood i think yeah i yeah. still haven't seen that i do like his movies though and i've always thought these before there's before sunrise before sunset yeah that's right before, before midnight, night time before midnight before, before night time yeah. yeah that's the that's the last one yeah. so this is the first when they're kind of young and it's just such a a film that's not in a rush to get anywhere but it takes you along with it and you're just compelled to watch. And young Ethan Hawke, young Judy Delpy, both really cool and conversations of youth and young. Really love that film. And whereabouts in Europe are they? And I believe Florida. they're on a train from, <laughs> from Budapest and they go to get out of Vienna. Mm. So we're still back in Austria. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I've, I'm now going to go to Belgium. And a film that I've seen a couple of times now, albeit the I thought I saw it in sort of quick succession and can't remember absolutely everything about it, but in Bruges with Colin Farrell and Professor Moody. And I don't know the guys. He's an Irish actor. Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. 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 He's brilliant. It's it was 
somebody somebody put me onto it and mm. again it was just by the title or something it just never really i never thought it would be something that i'd be interested in i watched it i remember being like thoroughly entertained mm. and i think it's it's hitmen isn't it they've, yeah. they've been they've, they've gone been to commissioned to, on uh, to after a, a job yeah gone, Colin no, Farrell after a job's gone bad oh, okay, yeah. right. it's fucked yeah. up they're on the lamb there they're hiding out and just yeah. waiting for right. their kind of Got ruthless it, yeah. boss to, yeah to give them the update on what's happening yeah but it's like a it's it's almost like a sort of a dark comedy isn't nah. it yeah it's, yes it's got a lot of well like... colin farrell has messed the job up and he's kind of neurotic and violent it was the first time i'd have you seen this movie so? no i haven't seen it yet okay it was the first it was the first movie i watched when i thought okay actually colin farrell is really good and he's and he's yeah. recently on the podcast i think we've all changed our minds yeah, on yeah, yeah. recently yeah. but this was yeah. the first one he's, and it's he's... a very smart script martin mcdonough is the guy who did it an irish guy and yeah it's a terrific movie it's got a dwarf scene in it <laughs> don't I don't, don't remember, remember the humiliating scene, dwarf scene. Possibly, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's set in Bruges, which is a, a fantastic me- medieval yeah, yeah. kind of town, um, mm. one of the best kept in Europe, actually. Famous for its lace, also. Famous for its lace. Mm. Did we go to Bruges side? We went to Belgium, didn't we? Yeah, I think we went to Where Bruges. Where did we go? Was it Bruges or Ghent or something? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and it was quite good. And yeah, we had nice beer and, and we had a terrible it hangover. It's decent. Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, in terrible wind, as I recall. Yes. Yeah. yeah I've yeah. been to the Belgian patent office. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. In, uh, yeah, we, it was closed. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then we flew back. Yeah. But Sidney si- si- and I went for a similar um, sort of trip. We went to I Love Techno. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Is that you, is that where you like dress up in a mankini and smear like neon paint on yourself? Yeah, there was quite a bit of that. Or? Kind of, yeah. We Only did, if you're uh, half into lights it. and rave lollies, yeah. <laughs> was did. anybody else doing that? Or was it just you did? <laughs> we did the sort of classic thing of getting really, really shit-faced the night before the thing that we've gone away yeah. for. Yeah. Which I always do. So yeah, you always start with a hangover. So it was a real, for ourselves, real yeah. struggle. <laughs> Seems like a bit of a detour. Let's pick another movie. Uh, the Untouchables. Mm. horribly unqualified full-time caretaker corrupts the mind of a Parisian aristocrat quadriplegic another one you can catch up on our uh, on our yeah. pod on this which is an absolute stonking movie we all love this one yeah Dan really recommends the American remake as well yeah less <laughs> so it just depends if you want to save two hours of your life or or not really if you no. want to throw yeah. it down the pan uh, this version watch the American set remake. in Paris fantastic absolutely fantastic don't look now the Italian title a Venezia un dicembre rosso shocking literally in Venice <laughs> a shocking red December is this a uh, horror 90, it's another horror I'm afraid <laughs> 1973 director, director Nicola Rogue psychic premonitions ghosts and murder and another genuinely powerful and creepy dwarf scene Donald <laughs> Sutherland and he's not a dwarf no, he's, he doesn't play the dwarf. And Julie Christie, they play a couple whose daughter is drowned. So they go to Venice, obviously, because you want to be surrounded by water. <laughs> it's, a, it's really fucked up. It's got quite a graphic love scene in it. And then it's just full of weird shit, like, you know, ti- like I say, like tiny, tiny people dressed in red, <laughs> like lurking in the background of shots. It's not really overtly scary as such, but it is creepy. But it, what it is, is a really realistic portrayal of a relationship that's been badly damaged uh, by this tragic event really really fantastic if you ever catch it it's worth worth Just seeing it's, i wouldn't say it's scary as such although you'd probably shoot yourself yeah but. 
Yeah, I, I get the feeling I would. And that's um, Italy, Venice. Right, I'll see if you can guess the film I'm going to do by the, the description. A former Roman general. Mm. Yeah. Anything? Any guesses? Gladiator. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right, so you didn't need more than that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, there you go. It sets out to exact revenge against the corrupt emperor who murdered his family and sent him into slavery. Absolutely brilliant film. I still love this. The, the only bit that you could probably say is a little bit dodgy is the uh, the CGI with the tiger now, just because there's so much better kind yeah. of things but it doesn't detract at all from from the film because you you know what's going on the oliver um, reed bit looks a bit weird yeah yeah well they had to add that little bit in as well didn't they because um he'd he passed away during dead, the, the yeah. making of, it, of of the film but i i really still think this is a fantastic movie and it's set in europe which is this theme peter it, it is indeed yeah <laughs> do you um, think that russell crowe will get his gladiator body back Yes. I think yes. So. Any minute now. Any minute now. <laughs> as soon as he finishes this cake. Okay, so we might as well stay in Italy. And, well, it's, parts of it are in Italy. And it's a film I really, really like. Uh, is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, quite a, a large segment of it is set. I think in Venice again, Venice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Another, yeah another well, it's, f- it's iconic, isn't it? The Czech yeah. Republic's got a... a Really good set of films that have come from there and filmed there. I think they just got with production value. You get a lot in in those type places, you know, where yeah. the buildings are tall and they're, you know, archi- wide and they're wide and and they're they're, they're <laughs> <Big>. hard <laughs> <laughs> master craftsmen. Yeah, right. that's right. You know, they're made of strong materials. Yeah. But this is I don't know if it might be my favourite Indiana Jones favorite. film. Yeah. They I have those I, boats. They have that chase scene in those really glamorous sort of speedboat yeah, things. Yeah, they yeah, they are really super expensive. expensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they just chuck one through the propellers of a big fucking ocean liner. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it is. I think it, I think it was enhanced by the by Sean being in it, by Sean Connery being in it, and also the like the the really hot German yeah. like Nazi lady. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But but you're right. I think Sean Connery in this just elevated. It this did. Film, it did. I mean, uh, just to find that. He was Indy's yeah. dad, you oh. know, and he he'd, and he'd fucked, he'd fucked the blonde, and he'd fucked the blonde before, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 amazing, yeah, yeah. I personally don't subscribe to the theory that that's the best one. No one said best; just said favorite. Okay, mm. all right, okay, okay. Unlucky two nil, and uh, <laughs> I might you stole, you stole even Crystal Skull might even <laughs> prefer. Don't say it. <laughs> okay. Do not say Crystal Skull. Temple of Gloom. Yeah, I like I like Temple of Doom. Right. Okay. Although Kate Capshaw is utterly unwatchable. Oh, yeah, she's a dick. Yeah, yeah. What have you got? Porco Rosso. Mm. In the it's set in Italy in the 1930s, sky pirates are terrorizing wealthy cruise ships, and the only brave pilot that's willing to stand up against them. Is uh, is Porco Rosso, who is a former World War One flying ace, who has somehow turned into a pig. Mm. <laughs> this is this is a based it's a, on a tree story. It's a Studio Ghibli, okay. so Totoro yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of studio. Yeah. So you can imagine what it's like. It's it's on Netflix. You can check it out. Right. Okay. Yeah. That that sounds intriguing. So yeah, more Italy and sort of Yugoslavia. It's it is in the film. What would you? What, when was it made? Oh, I think 80s, maybe. Right, okay, yeah. 
I just wondered if why they'd chosen Yugoslavia, but if it was made it up was, in uh, the eighties, yeah, then it was, that would have been before the it was, change up. It was still around. District B thirteen is a Luke Besson movie. Anybody seen it? It's basically nope. an Escape from New York ripoff set in a Parisian slum. It oh. is starring uh, the guys who invented parkour, basically. It's pretty good. You know, I mean, you know what you get with a Luc Besson film. Yeah, yeah, but of course, with the parkour guys, the stunts are absolutely amazing. You know, if you're a fan of watching a six foot man throw himself through a tiny window at great speed, it's the sort of thing you'll enjoy. Yeah. It's all it's all the kind of stuff that's real stunts then and it's real pace yeah, shot at and everything. Yeah, it is. Uh, so the stunts are good. And actually, I mean, there is a little bit or there's quite a lot about class inequality and all those sorts of things going on because it was made in 2004 which was like the first year when they had those huge riots in france that right. are kind of still going right every in year some, yeah, in yeah, some way do. about that kind of thing they're making work a 20 hour week for god's oh, no. sake <laughs> drive their lorries up <laughs> to the port and block the fucking oh, fuck off yeah. uh, the other one i had from france was les miserables oh, uh, the miserables and i don't really <laughs> I don't really like uh, musicals particularly. And I kind of went to this because my missus wanted to see it and I went along with her and it's, I was, and I never read the Victor Hugo book that it was adapted from. And I didn't even know anything about Victor Hugo and I knew it was about the French revolution maybe, but it was brilliant. Holy shit. It was brilliant. Have you seen it? I've not seen the film, but I saw the stage show in London and it was fucking knockout. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah, well, the film is absolutely brilliant. It's got huge Jackman playing <laughs> John Valjean, who's a good man who lives his life as a criminal. And you've got Russell Crowe as Javert, who's the kind of well-meaning twat who dedicates <laughs> his life to enforcing this really literal a sort of binary justice system around him and it's loads of tragedy in it. And every, and the only other thing I remember is that people were talking about how brilliant Anne Hathaway is in it, you know, all the time they're talking and she is absolutely brilliant in it. So yeah, watch it. I'll follow that with niche is so why or nothing is what it seems. The German film 23 talks about it before. Any of you got around to seeing it? 20. What's the, it's called 23 or yeah that's a number that that's one of those mystical numbers or yeah, something that's 23, right. yeah it's the it? number of chaos is it um, i thought everyone just liked it because michael jordan wore it oh well, maybe jordan wore it the number of chaos we, we so. don't know i think it's more that. likely the other way around isn't but it's it? a it's a german drama thriller about a young hacker carl koch who actually died on yeah no no <laughs> 23rd of May, 89, presumed a, a, a suicide. So it's kind of based on this conspiracy and, and this uh, this young lad's life. It's not true. Is it? And I don't know whether it was based on a true story or that's just the premise of it. It's I've done my research, but I haven't dug into it quite that much. But basically, it's, it's to do with the protagonist's obsession with the number 23. He starts mm. seeing it everywhere. He starts getting this conspiracy into his mind. And it was kind of around the, the height of the Cold War all this time so mm. there's that backdrop of paranoia and it's hacking at that you know that dial-up computer modem yeah. and, that, and that kind of thing so it's right at the, the first stages of but all then this. the possibilities of like you know that everybody could just imagine that would happen exactly you know and 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 it's kind of investigating these political and economic powers and everything these young people so it's a real good paced film and probably one of the first ones i ever saw about computer hacking and things like mm. that that 
was really tapping into the potential of pulling the strings of these powers mm, mm. that are political, economic and everything, not just crazy. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure they remade... Right, it's going to sound like I'm talking absolute bullshit, but I'm pretty sure they remade it with Jim Carrey. As the, <laughs> this the sounds absolute guy. bullshit. I'm going to have to double-check it, but I've, I'm almost certain there's one called The Number the, 23. Yeah, but that was Jim done Carrey. with a... That was a horror film associated oh, with a room yeah. in a hotel. Yeah, I know the yeah. one yeah, no, I've seen that, but that, that isn't anything to do with the hacking. All right, um, okay. It's a different film. And just to remind you of it again, it's do that um, 23, again, um, 23, mm. and the, the yeah. actor's name? And Karl Koch. <laughs> Koch. Koch. Um, about a young hacker, Karl Koch. Yeah. yeah. And it was directed by Hans Christian Schmidt. <laughs> Thank you. I don't, I don't think I've seen any film set in Germany, so I'm going to move on to the country of Greece. Actually, Greece Latin. And actually, this is like two films. I've seen both of them. And I Ooh. think like you guys, <laughs> you guys might be able to tell me. Peter, two films. Yeah. You guys might be able to tell me if, if one is a remake of the, other, or of the other. I'm not entirely sure. But they are the 300 and the Inbetweeners movie. They are both set in Greece. So yeah, I've seen both of those, yeah. different films. Similar subject matter, no? <laughs> I haven't seen either. You've not seen You've 300 not seen or The In-Between? No, I haven't. Have you not seen 300? 300 is worth watching. There's haven't. so many buff so dudes in it. You would oh, absolutely it would rather watch Demolition Man again. It does seem a bit remiss of me to have not <laughs> seen yeah, that. Yeah, 300 is, is uh, yeah. It's, Demolition Man, fucking yeah, trip. Demolition Man is amazing. It's not set in Greece, is it? No, 300 is definitely worth a watch. And The In-Between? between us is set in malia in crete i just yeah. didn't and really like the show that much oh, i don't I even it's know if funny. you need to like the show to i mean it's it's a typical oh it's like a typical like brit lads on tour yeah. type film there's there's hilarious hilarity ensues oh it's hijinks and misunderstandings yeah. and yeah it's 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 absolutely um brilliant it's it's almost like not in the same way but it's it's almost like a, another film I've, I've got on my list kevin and perry go large from <laughs> uh, yeah down in ibiza which again it's just like it's just fucking stupid there's some of the funniest moments in both of those films are shit scenes albeit that no, people that, taking a shit no, one of them is that uh, is uh, I think Perry does a turd in the sea and uh, and it floats into I think maybe Kevin's mouth and Kevin and Perry go large. Now I'm saying it that the turd that follows Simon. It's almost certainly something that happened to my kids. Yeah, in the bath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But now, now, I've, now I've said it. I think the turd following Simon down the uh, down the water slide might be in the in between us too. But that again. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a, a point of view um, yeah. shot from the turd. It's, it's <laughs> fucking incredible. Yeah. They're definitely worth a watch. I, in case you didn't, my acting was so incredible. I don't believe that 300 and in between us are based like the same story. You so. fooled me. Yeah, yeah. Either it wasn't funny or you guys are slow on the uptake. I'll let you decide. The third man, we're, we're in Vienna. You guys seen, oh, have you guys yeah. seen The Third Man? This is, I've no. seen it multiple occasions. It's no, I, I saw the first and second. Skonkin, this. Yeah. yeah. Orson. It, this is, it's Orson Welles plays Harry Lyme, this sort of racketeer. And my previous experience of seeing someone like that was um, Dad's Army, where it was all a bit, you know, 
funny this guy is fucking ruthless yeah yeah mm. he's selling um dr harry lime yeah he's selling um is it penicillin like water yeah, penicillin. Harry, harry lime will sell anything to anyone to get, get what he needs wants there's a did you his ever... mate gets a tour of the hospital and you see all these people yeah. that have had this dodgy medicine for him and it's fucking ruthless but he's still this super charismatic guy you know you see him in, in the doorway and the cat comes up to him it's often voted like the, the best british film of all time i mean it pretty probably doesn't invent it but it's a really classic example of a film noir and the chase scene at the end through the cinema uh, through the sewers with the, the way the shadows play out it, it's fucking brilliant it's got the the zither soundtrack that's really memorable as well anton caris yeah um it, it's yeah f- a fantastic whole character and awesome wells actually didn't he'd perfected that character through radio he'd been doing a radio and you can listen to his the awesome world stories they're only about 25 minutes long and there's some absolute fantastic stories just of the the stories of harry lyme before that so all the other kind of escapades he's got up to he's selling heroin you know i mean this isn't a light you know jinx thing he, he's right up to his neck in all kinds of shit mm. harry lyme but you're absolutely right the whole character of that film he's he's a sleek businessman you know he's he's got he's got a girl on his arm and he's going to the best restaurants and at the same he's time up, he's um, got his fingers in all the dirty pies they're on the ferris wheel or something with his mate and he's he's saying you know look at these people they you they're just ants on the floor yeah. does it really matter if you just squash a few doesn't matter no, it, you know it's just that detachment yeah from, it just doesn't see from it, empathy you know, no connection yeah. at all Harry Lyme, great call. Taken in French, Le Dégain. I don't know, that's probably not true. Uh, it's another Luc Besson oh, isn't it? movie. It's a sort of, he's an ex-CIA badass. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Yeah. yeah. And this was the start of his, him being an action, an action hero. hero, which I love Liam Neeson as an action hero. Right, So because I've not watched any of those films. I don't know, I think there's a few of them, Taken. isn't there? There's been about One. 100 billion of them. There's a series on like, right. Prime. Not not seen any of them because of what you just said there. Like for me, Liam Neeson doing action just wouldn't work. So I haven't watched it. He's well, like a uh, special forces kind of guy. It's not like a. It's not like Arnie. Well, the thing you probably it's still violent. Not necessarily you buy noticed yeah. so much is how fucking massive he, he is. Yeah, he's unit. a big fella. He's yeah. huge, and in these movies, they portray him as just this. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, he was miming a cock at me. He is huge and he beats up all these East European guys. I love the fact that. I will find you. Uh, You know, he's portrayed as this like. That was quite quite chilling, that impression. Yeah. 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 He's portrayed as this sort of like being a bit of a lunatic because he's deeply paranoid about his daughter being abducted when she goes to Europe. And then, like, literally 10 seconds after they get there, it's like, (laughs) yeah, from the airport. From the she's fallen for the oldest trick in the book outside yeah. the airport, yeah. and and then she's oh she's got got in with one of those tour guys. She's she's nicest minicab. Yeah, <laughs> she's like a, you know she's a, a crack whore in in on some. That's Arab that's what that's what happens to they all get sold off as mm. um, sex, uh, like, the sex yeah, trade. Yeah. It, but it's it's the kind of but thing. But he just goes and beats the as shit a out. father. You would want to be able to go and do. Yeah, yeah. I will. Find I'd just rather that it didn't happen at all. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's that. That's why you know. That's why he, he shouldn't have just let it go. I think in the there's. First place. I don't know if it's this one or the second one. But there's a scene where he's wired up some guy's balls to a uh, car battery. It might be the just second. to get some, this uh, one was actually really decent the I first see, one like, taken the second i, I the felt they got universe. weaker as they went on like, oh yeah 
Definitely. set in the same universe, but take other well-respected actors. So, like, get Ralph Fiennes as an ex-SAS soldier yeah, who could, needs could, to make that leap, hunt down traffic. Sylvester McCoy. Sylvester McCoy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patrick Stewart is an ex-Navy <laughs> SEAL. Uh, no, yeah. it's not happening. Well, Call me, Hollywood. If they're, <laughs> <laughs> if they're good enough at acting, then they'll be able to pull it off, surely. Yeah, yeah. But there's some, isn't there, some actors who you just think would just be, who would be far too typecast for such a role, like Del Boy. David Jason. David Jason. <laughs> Who did I read? On a mad like He's... vigilante. Oh yeah, it, like... it wouldn't work, would it? Got Quan. The, the fellow, yeah. <laughs> the the chap that we couldn't remember the name of, who died last week, who was in Live and Let Die, Alien. Oh, Tananga. No, Koto. I Yafet Koto. Yafet Koto, Koto. Yeah. He was offered the role of Jean Luc Picard and turned it down. He didn't want to work in television. Thought it was beneath him. Well, I know. Bad call. There yeah. you go. Yeah, didn't. It was in his obituary in the that's, time. It's quite a, a then a, like a, a change of direction to go from that type of actor. Like he's got like to Yafet Koto, who was before that he was in like that Bond film and he was in Alien and stuff. Yeah. So that like like Patrick Stewart is like a is yeah, it's, it's, it's a big change of direction. I, I I could go on and on here. I've got I've got quite a few. Oh, more, so I'm just going to rattle on. Yeah, let's start um, rattling a, a, a couple for the Czech connection. Just as I mentioned before, there's quite a lot of films that have come out Czech. So Mission Impossible, Child Forty Four, which was Tom Hardy. I read the book. The, the film didn't hold up to be quite as good. The Extraordinary League of Gentlemen, or League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, yeah, yeah, yeah. even. We, we mentioned at the top, Alien Predator, Jojo Rabbit was actually filmed in the Republic as well. I wanted to mention a film that I haven't, I've probably seen once, and it was 20, maybe 30 years, which goes to show how powerful film can be, that you stick with it when, you know, it stays in your memory. So, My Left Foot, oh, which yeah. is, uh, is, is the kind of film that, because it's Daniel um, Day Lewis, Daniel Day Lewis, Oscar-winning performance, playing what was it? A guy called Christie, I forget mm. his name. Yeah. Who, who basically was a complete Linford. the only th- the only thing he could move was his left foot. Yeah. You know, it was it was a, it was a cripple, paraplegic. I'm not kind of sure the the complete it's definitely uh, not terminology. No. It's not Wow, you see how bad we are. We don't give a shit. Well, I do give a shit. I'm no, sorry I, about I, that. He's disabled. You're disabled. <laughs> I'm I'm of that age where that kind of thing was said, and obviously it's not correct. We'll edit all this. You'll never hear it. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> not, because I don't do the edit. But if I did the edit, that would have been edited out. Just just so we know. My Left Foot is uh, is a great film for many reasons. It's it's not an inspirational movie, but it does inspire, and it's not a. <laughs> you see, I'm really full of contradictions now. Um, it's not a sympathetic move, although it inspires sympathy. It's uh, it's the story of a stubborn, difficult, and blessed, gifted man who was dealt a bad hand, mm, and yeah. he played it well. He played it as Luckily, well. He had a good as you ever could because he actually gave us a lot of some good books some good paintings an example of the courage of somebody who's been dealt a a rough hand so i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave england alone because you suggested leaving england alone and i feel like that could be another yeah yeah, uh, choice we should mention kind hearts and coronets well 
are we also leaving Scotland alone? Yeah, I've I've gone to all yeah, of the, the UK. Whole the UK. Yeah. Right, okay. In that case, I haven't seen many other films. I'm going to go for so a couple of other things I've got on on my list from Italy. So I've got the Italian job. There were two mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, and I, I guess that you guys are probably going to hate me for liking the remake. No, I'm going to agree with you. Oh, I think brilliant. it's okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. You're you're not nicer guy than I gave you credit for. Well, it's where films concerned, you've just got to you know go with your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, I liked it with with Marky Mark and yeah. and Donald Sutherland's in it. I think is the dwarf, it? isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Back on the dwarfs again. Just on his Ed knees. Norton, the whole film. It's quite near Jason yeah. Statham, obviously. The Statman. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, you'd like the Fast and Furious movies then, if you like a bit of Statham. No. No, and yeah, I've also got the talents of Mr. Ripley down here, which I've, I've got that as well. Which I, 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 like that I have movie. seen and enjoyed. Where was that and filmed? That was Italy. Mm. Yeah, um, the Amalfi Coast, I think, is, yeah. is a lot of it. I saw it a long time ago, I and it was, seen it. it was probably the sort of film that I think at that time I would have gone into thinking, "God, I'm going to hate this. It's going to be like mm. really highbrow and wanky and stuff." And it actually, like the performances of the two main guys, Matt Damon, and, Damon. The, and Jude Law, it's actually really compelling yeah. viewing and and a great film. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's yeah, in it as yeah. well, and he's yeah. great. And it's got this sort of tragedy to it as well yeah. and you know Mad Damon is a monster but you're kind of hoping he gets away with yeah, it it's yeah weird. I haven't seen it but it has reminded me of the other thing that I watched this week which was Seven oh, Gwyneth film. yeah that's a good movie uh, it doesn't qualify for this list let's just go through a couple of Audrey Tattoo ones the Da Vinci Commode which is Paris it starts off in the Louvre Angels and, and Demons she I turns think. out to be Jesus or something and then Amelie which is also oh, yeah. Paris which I don't want to say too much about it because I'm still planning to watch it at some point with the missus, so I'd rather she didn't know anything about it. Right. But it There's is great. Leon as well, which always reminds me of Amelie for some reason. I don't know if they ever. Well, all the hitmen, I think, probably. Is a hitman yeah. connection. Yeah. Have we been to Spain? Donde esta el ayuntamiento, Pedro? Arriba. We have been to Spain because we had Kevin and Perry go large. Oh, da, right. da, 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 da. Fifth full of spot, the dollars. Similar, similar to Kevin and Perry go large, we've got Pan's Labyrinth, um, oh, yeah. which is Guillermo, Guillermo del Tormo. Beautifully oh. <laughs> <laughs> pronounced. Thank you. <laughs> Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, his movie set in Spain. In 1944, during Franco's fascist overthrow of the Spanish democratic the left fantasy government. thing going on. And it, yeah, it's got Ophelia as a little girl who whose mother has had to shack up with this cruel and horrible, ruthless captain. And she undergoes this kind captain of... Captain Vidal, isn't it? Yeah, Vidal. She undergoes this kind of fantasy where she's this kind of unawoken princess of this weird fucking weird underground world where doug jones is a sort of nine foot tall man with eyes on his fingers and in the palm of his hand very odd it's you don't know what is really real or not real have you seen this movie Mm. yeah it's fantastic in it i could bang on about that i'll just finish up with secret life of walter mitty uh, an unlikely yeah. recommendation with Ben Stiller. The skateboarder. Yeah, well, with that scene in particular in Iceland as he's going down yeah. and it's got um, Sigur Ross banging out. And uh, no, it's not Sigur Ross. It's, it's something else. Sigur Ross. It's Saturday fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's a movie that's kind of far better really than it had any right to be. And features... I'm not a huge Ben Stiller fan, actually. I like some of, you know, just 
I sound not a, f- a fan of him. I think he's just done some shit films. He, mm. He's I liked him in something about Mary. Yeah, um, yeah. Dodgeball and Dodgeball. Thought he was fantastic. Yeah, he, Rod, you know, s- some, yeah. yeah, these Whoa. ones. Are, yeah, I know. I, I just shut didn't. The bed, just, really, haven't you? It just <laughs> didn't <laughs> connect. Overconnect Zoolander. with me, those ones. Yeah. Zoolander again. Yeah, Zoolander I watched, again, but yeah. yes. I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. What about <laughs> Zoolander? <laughs> didn't massively connect with me anyway the machinist was in spain and the good bad and ugly uh fistful of dollars that was shot in spain star wars was in spain as was well. it yeah no there you go no tunisia no, wasn't well the tattooing stuff was there you go and we know from our our friend jamie chambers that he went out into dubai was it or somewhere did he go yeah which Where is not you? in europe no but he went out there to film you know this connection. All right. Well, let me let me wrap my my ones up. I, I wanted to mention Philomena, which was shot in in Ireland. Yeah, um, we sort of all universally agreed <laughs> not to do that. I think so. We did say the UK. I think the Ireland Irish would disagree that. The UK, <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. But, yeah. Know, no. No. Wanna, sorry. Sorry. If you want to start Actually, you, no, the old yeah. Good Friday <laughs> agreement back up here, or whatever. I would say the other one that I wanted to mention, and I will get a kick in for this with, with Nell and I. Thought, thought that would be on your list. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to rattle off a few few ones set in France, but all animated. Uh, Ratatouille, the, the chef rat guy. The health code violations. Yeah, food, yeah definitely. Food safety. Definitely, but still a, still an enjoyable film. There's a guy um, I work with called the, Loic Donoghue who looks like Ratatouille, oh, if he ever listens to this. <laughs> Does he know that you say that about yeah, him? Yeah, I've said it to him okay, a few that, times. That's fine then. Um, but the, you the, do... The Ratatouille <laughs> ride at Disney absolutely scared the living piss out of my daughter. Just thought I'd add that. Beauty and the Beast, which I fucking love as a as a as an animated film. No, you're wrong about that. And we'll have to have a discussion another time uh, about why? why that's so awful. We'll learn. Why, why yeah. is it? Awful? Oh, it's terrible. Terrible, why? terrible oh, is it message. because of the aspect ratio or something? No, it's Give. a message. It's <laughs> yeah, a message. It's a message. Right, uh, moving on. I'm it's basically normalising abuse for girls. So just put up with... Is that what you uh, Okay. Oh, and that's something you're not on board with, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. and um, <laughs> finally, finally, the Aristocats, which is about snooty posh cats. My daughter likes that one. Yeah, yeah. I like that. one. Oh, and quick shout out to Iceland. Journey from the center, journey to the center of the Earth is also set Hillary. originally in Iceland, like the 1960. Hillary's swag. Yeah, yeah. Journey. No, to the no, no, not the original, not that a, one. The original thing. one. Oh, journey to the center of my girth. It was in Glorious <laughs> Bastards. That must have been set in Europe. Oh, yeah, surely. that was. Yeah. It was. I've got it on my list. It's good. France and sorry, Germany. It, yeah, that's the first year of the German occupation of. France Allied officer Lieutenant Aldo Rain assembles a, a team of Jewish soldiers to basically torture some Nazis. I, I, I got this on a DVD ripoff in Thailand when I was out there, and I the first person I lent it to was this German guy, and I never thought about it, like you know, because it was just it's just mind his uh, business, goose mind his own business. <laughs> 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 yeah, it reminds me of again after I had, I had to, to speak to a German client once and explain why we weren't working on Liberation Day in, nice. in Jersey. Yeah, That's a good one. That, that came as a... He laughed about it. He's like, oh, oh, Saving Private Ryan is uh, Normandy, yeah. yeah, which is in France. It's a really good reimagining of what happened during the Second World War <laughs> where the Yanks were the only competent armed force on display. <laughs> yeah. But the explosions were cool, so that was good. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, is I had that on my list as well. French, it's not really like that film. Yeah, the French in Riviera. Riviera yeah. Monaco way. It's Michael Caine no. and Steve Martin, isn't it? it? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Is it the other A couple of classics which probably should 
have more chat about them, but I haven't got time now. Dolce Vita, which is oh. where the pretty girls dance around in the fountain, but I can't remember much more about it. Cinema Paradiso, which is a real tearjerker. And then The Trip, seasons two, three, and four. Yeah. Although I haven't seen four, so only two and three for me. Yeah, it's all good. You you had those. I was wondering, actually, if anybody would... The, the Griswold family holidays. Yeah. yeah. Gav, Gav's nominated. Has he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, Gav. Is that National Lampoon's mm. the Chevy Chase stuff? Yeah. 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 I couldn't really get on board with no, that. I'm not, After I'm... Animal House. Well, it's like, that it's was the because they showed jokes. They showed... No, they showed it. Yeah, it's funny, Girl with massive jokes giving out beers in Germany and stuff. Yeah, and it's funny. That was enough. Any more for any more? Nope. Right, Riggs, what are you putting in? Hostel. Uh, I didn't mention it during the uh, top five, but I had it on my list. It's what happens when you go to Europe. If you're a dipshit frat boy backpacking around Eastern Europe, you end up in a warehouse being tortured by rich sadists. So don't go to Europe. Before sunrise, what happens when you go to Europe? You go on a train and you meet a lovely girl and then you spend a romantic 24 hours with her. Only because I know now how much it irritates Riggs. I'm going to put the beauty and the beast in. Oh, my God. Well, so you, you put in hostel. Like, I'm sure there's some fairly bad, like, message in bad that. shit in that, but you're on board with that. So I'm putting in the third man. Oh, that's a classic. Well, we've got two good movies in two. Yeah. yeah. There you go. You can't have everything. <laughs> What did you pick for us, Dan? Sure. Give us a minute. No, of course. Midnight in Paris. Did you like it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woody Allen. Did you ever like Woody Allen movies? I've only seen two. You've seen two. He's done... This is his 41st. Mm. Or was his 41st. Can you quickly, like, reel off some others so I can tell you? Annie Hall and Manhattan, the two that I've seen. Um, They're the real sort of famous ones. He's got... uh, his early career is sort of nicknamed the early funny ones. He does things like Sleeper and things you wanted to know about sex but were afraid to mm. ask. Oh, is that the one yeah. with the sperms? Yeah. And stuff? yeah. Right, I've yeah. seen that one. Um, I think I've seen that actually as well. And then he's got things like Bullets Over Broadway and all these other ones. He's really prolific. He was doing like, like film a year mm. sort of stuff. He- he's just become a bit of a cultural icon, hasn't he, Woody Allen? Woody Allen movies. He's got a – he has a style. He has this kind of whimsical. Well, they way nearly always it. feature him as a, as a protagonist yeah. Yeah. in some way. Yeah, yeah, it's like an erotic guy who's who's normally just trying to find his way in life. Everything seems crazy to him from his point of view. And I, I guess in this film we've got Owen Wilson, who I really like. He's, he's a, in fact, I think he's leading the charge. I think is Bill Murray. You've got Will Ferrell. I'm thinking of comedic actors that really are doing other other things as well. I mean, Will mm-hmm. Ferrell's not. Will Ferrell's doing Will Ferrell stuff. Don't know how far he could stretch. You know, you had Jim Carrey, who, who obviously has stretched himself into different roles. Yeah, he's things. eleven foot tall now. He's, he's now <laughs> he's now Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, I mean that's it. Yeah, they they call him Stretch Trim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. Through this movie, anyway, you you go. It's, it's a time traveling movie. You've got these two Americans, a couple to go to Paris, Gil and his wife Izzy. Inez, Inez, Inez. Strange name. That was um, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. So heavyweight actors. They're heading into Paris, and she wants to go shopping all the time. 
And he wants to lose himself in the poetry of Paris because he's a writer, he's a, a screenwriter. He a considers Hollywood. himself a hack, doesn't he? Because yeah. he's turned out successful yeah. movie, Hollywood movies. Scripts. Yeah. And, and so they've come to to Paris on a, on a holiday on a with the family with the the in laws. Had he lived there before? I think there was some. I they they kind of refer he spent back a bit of time. He spent in lived, Paris. He had for it through books and things. If he's not actually been there before, because mm-hmm. he's he's all about how Hemingway would have been writing in these streets and every every shop and every cafe he goes past. It's did Hemingway go there or, or Fitzgerald, Scott's Fitzgerald mm. or all these kind of famous writers and literary giants, his heroes, where she's just turning around the corner going, where's where's the, the shopping or this restaurant? Yeah, where can we go to lunch? She's constantly going on about, oh, we're meeting so-and-so for lunch. And he's like, Pff. So it, it's, it's kind of weird to describe this film, I guess. Being a Woody Allen film, it's, it's light-hearted and basically our... Our hero, our protagonist, Gil, ends up on some steps around 12 o'clock at night, having just wandered the streets and getting into a car that takes him back in time to the 1920s where he meets his literary heroes and he meets the people. Yeah, there's no, it's not like. The car doesn't do 88 miles an hour no, and go it's not a, burst a into dock, flames. It's uh, just he gets into an old-timey yeah. car yeah, it's like and an suddenly he's in. Or something. He yeah. just climbs it it in the wasn't immediately and, obvious to me that they travelled in time. I was, was it, just no, was a, watching a, a, it. and The clock rang. and and I wondered if I hadn't already read the premise, whether I would have known that. So I, I didn't me. read anything about it. I didn't know what to I expect. I usually try not to. Yeah. So I, nice I, to it took me a little while to appreciate that he'd gone back in time so it was only when it was in fact it was only when he first went to the first party mm. and it was fitzgerald the fitzgerald yeah Yeah. scott fitzgerald and and then obviously names i'd heard of and i didn't know if it was a at first i just thought it was like a fancy dress party they're introducing themselves to the fitzgeralds because they're dressed as them i knew the song as as it happens to him then because as it unfolds so that's a nice way to go in and see this film because as it unfolds to him it kind of unfolds to you but the song that's playing is i can't remember which one it is but it's a cole porter song and it does move across in it and you can see okay right that that guy oh the guy on the piano is playing it is it Yeah, yeah 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 well it's a nice kind of soundtrack this it's uh it's a jazz if you like like jazz kind of jolly music goes throughout and it is kind of i say melancholy the film in parts but not it's it, it moves it moves well, on gill's um, got this existential dilemma hasn't he really that he about living in the past or living in the yeah. present and that's been going on before we've had this well he's kind of writing a, a book about a a guy who mm works in a nostalgia shop or yes. something, isn't he? And and that shows kind of how he's living in the past himself and how then he finds himself in the past isn't a, a big jump in Woody Allen's world, I guess. So he goes through and he meets these interesting characters and then... It's of, like it, it the fucking the Avengers Assemble, isn't it? Yeah. Of like Very much people so. that it suddenly goes through. <laughs> no, it is. Like, you know, suddenly, the, you know, the film, they're oh, flashing guess, at you, yeah, yeah. Matisse... The fucking Dolly. Hemingway, yeah, Dolly, yeah, yeah. like yeah. Stein, all of these. Like, I, if you're a, a modernist or somebody and... like that, you're probably like, this is you know really made Paris. for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I am a fucking barbarian, so I had no idea that these guys were all knocking about together right, at the yeah, same yeah. time, in the same place. All these, like, and it is like the Salvatore Justice League. Dali of the... and all that, you know, yeah. he's got some crazy characters. I, I think it's probably around. worth saying that before you even go back in time, because what you were saying about him and his wife, and they, they're obviously into different things or whatever, but in, in some ways it kind of like highlights why they are not, good match in the the character is it michael sheen that, that yeah I mean, it's not martin sheen it's michael, michael. sheen so his character is a dick right <laughs> yeah but yeah. he is able to regurgitate he like knows about art in terms of being able to to you know regurgitate. does he though because well, he no, gets he, exposed okay, so, potentially as being a okay complete so he, bullshit yeah he, he he's by, able by to the first lady of Carla Carla Brunei. Brunei. Yeah. how Carla fucking Brunei. fit was she as well by the way yeah, yeah. But he, Sarkozy's he, misses. It's amazing. <laughs> he's um, but Rachel McAdam is impressed by that. So yeah. it's not that she's just into like lunches and doing all these kinds of things. She, well, she comes from money anyway, so that yeah, sort of thing. So, but not... she's just she she just constantly belittles like her her husband at the expense of like oh now we're going to go and meet them. We're going to go to Montmartre and, and we're uh, you know which is like a historical place and we're going to go to art things and shut up. I want to hear. I've forgotten the guy's name, but Paul is Paul, it? I think it's Paul. Paul. Like I want to hear Paul talk. Oh, Paul's talking. Oh, Paul, you might learn something and stuff. Mm. It's really like. It, almost like over the top, like, yeah. you know, it's, it, that wasn't particularly subtle. But it, it's Gil lives and breathes the kind of, you know, like the romance of Paris and everything, all the stuff that you can't really just uh, get from, you know, a book or whatever it is, you know, like in terms of facts. It's no, not it's, about it's the facts smell, to it's him. A feeling it's, it is. It's, it's, it's all of his senses are stimulated by the Paris. Yeah, it's right. the music, the yeah, yeah. food, the, the language, although he never bothers to learn a fucking word of it. So for a man who really loves France no. well, He's American, you know. He, yeah. he, he, Couldn't learn, yeah, please. It's, it's amazing he's even left country, American. So. Look at the British. Not much better in languages. We're, we're pretty poor when it comes to... Learning somebody Speak else. Speak for yourself, Dan. Well, yeah. you know, bonjour, Peter, bonjour. Uh, what does that mean? Ça va. So I can't... He goes to the first party, meets the Fitzgerald, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Can't remember the actress. She's very good as well. Meets Gertrude Stein. It's Kathy, Kathy Bates. Bates. Yeah, again... And there's a lot behind the I only really the knew the there. name because this what... I mean, I just felt terribly uncultured. So I think you've got a Matisse... You've got a Matisse painting in behind one of the scenes with... Owen Wilson Gauguin's and, there. Uh, there's Gauguin. Yeah, you know, so you've got all these artists. And it's things it's that have okay around this to not know all about yeah, art and artists absolutely. and everything like that. I'd, I've never been ashamed of the fact that I've heard of these people, but. I didn't know, you know, I don't know the characteristics of Ernest Hemingway or the Fitzgeralds or, or you know, all of the other people, some of whom I'd never heard of, Picasso, Dali, like, I've, I'm, I've heard of these people, mm. but I didn't feel ignorant not knowing it. You said you, you feel like a barbarian and so on. It's like some of these people, if they watched a film about Diego Maradona, might have never have heard of him or whatever. It doesn't make them barbarians. It's, it's just it's a this... different stuff for different exactly, people, isn't it? It's yeah. like, you know, and sport and other things are just as much like art and, mm. you know, and can be you can be passionate about them. I don't, yeah, I, I think it's kind of quite snobbish or like, you know. Yeah, upper, elitist. You know, yeah, elitist to to be able to list all of like, the, if that's what you're into, great. But if you're doing it just to, you're a little bit like Paul, if if all you can do is regurgitate yeah. things that you've heard about other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think this is what this film 
kind of characterised as well. They're not doing their work. They're they're out on the town, aren't they? These these people. They're at the yeah. parties. They're living yeah, their yeah, lives, yeah. and that's what he's well, interested. They're, they're drawing in. the, their the, yeah. the life and and soul of the parties. Living their inspiration comes from the city and the vibe and everything. Yeah. And, and, and for me, I think it's Owen Wilson who's the. You know, I I like him. I, I think he's been brilliant actually since I seen him in was it Armageddon? I think the first thing I'd seen him in. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Are you not like that film? Bollocks. Uh, Absolutely love that film. Turd. It's my guilty pleasure. Uh, and I love all like the masturbating to the Special Olympics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, Owen Wilson, I think, is fantastic in this. I think he just plays it. Probably as Woody Allen might have liked himself to play it, you know. To are you he's joking? Normally he's normally Woody Allen. This was my massive. So for this you film, didn't like him? No. Well, this film was sort of like a paradox in itself, in that I really liked the film but hated some of it. So right. it was just a Woody Allen impression. The whole thing was just a Woody Allen impersonation. Yeah, well, I, that's what I was saying. I, I I do see that he wanted somebody to have played him a younger Woody Allen but I liked Owen Wilson enough that in he put his own spin on it and I, I think did he read that there was a lot of rewrites because of who Owen Wilson is rather than uh, but you saw it different yeah okay I, to me it was just a complete impersonation of but it's often like that in, in Woody Allen movies. I mean, this one really was, though. And what made it weird is that Owen Wilson is usually quite a laid-back, slow-speaking yeah. guy, and then he's, like, really animated yeah. in this. I've always found him fairly one-dimensional, and this did nothing to change it for me. Anyway. I'd, I'd say Owen Wilson, I'd like him in where he has, <laughs> like, he's a supporting actor or, you know, like Zoolander or whatever. He, there is, he, he, he can be... He can be funny, he can be entertaining, but not when he's the main guy. He's actually this this whole kind of like, like you say, that kind of like... Well, you know, I, I honestly like, believe in this guy, actually. I really like him. And I think there is a role for him that will connect with you guys because I, I see something in Owen Wilson uh, and I know that he's had his own personal problems over the last few years and whether that goes into his work, I'm sure it does, you know. But I've certainly seen enough in him in even the films that maybe haven't come out as successfully as you might expect or he might expect in him for me, you know, I, I, he's just one of those people that makes me laugh and I enjoy watching him on screen. Bit like Bill Murray, you put him in most things and I'll, I'll find something there to enjoy, mm -hmm. but he did certainly enough in this film. I thought he was fucking brilliant. So after meeting all of the, the plethora of art people, <laughs> 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 he has to go he goes Such to go a wordsmith. Thank you, thank you. he goes to go and get a copy of his book to give to Gertrude Stein to read and when he comes back with book in hand the 1920s is now a dodgy old laundromat and uh, then he has to go and explain it's it time all. travel for you isn't it yeah yeah he has to explain it to his Mrs. Inez, who is still prattling on about Paul. All kinds Paul, of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's clear where that's going to go. It is very yeah, clear. Yeah. He keeps disappearing and reappearing, meeting various people. I think the standout one is when he's trying to explain to the surrealists, including Dali, yeah. Salvador Dali, played by Adrian Brody. What do you think of the moustache, Sidi? It lacked. I thought Dali's moustache was more extreme than that. Yeah. 
I don't know if it was like historically accurate or something. I don't Probably know, was. but yeah, disappointed in the moustache. But he tells them that you know he's from the future and he has got a dilemma because he's fallen in love with. Man Cotillard's character. Yes. Um, sort of, Anand? No. Um, she, Anand? Yeah, she Anand? was... She was Picasso's sort of muse. Mm. Yes. Lover. Mistress. There's an instant attraction between them and he's suddenly caught between these two women. Which which obviously is all, you know, in in with keeping a, a sense of he's falling out of love with the missus and she's falling out of love with, with him. You know, mm. he's he's escaping into a world in the 1920s while she's off, you know, talking about Paul. Mm. Um, they're, they're going apart. And mm. it, it can feel that way sometimes, can't it, that you're living in a different time. You're living in a different place when to, you know, relate, relate a relationship with two people is just kind of drifting apart so wildly. You know, this you need something kind of, to bring yeah, it back together, or, or or bring it back together, or or it's or just, just gonna it's gone, it, it, mm. it's going away, isn't mm. it? You know, because it, it you get the kind the feeling that the relationship with Paul and thing wouldn't last as as wouldn't the the relationship mm. with them, but they they're just moving away anyway from each other, and that's what I like about the writing of this film as well. You know, with Woody Allen films, that there's there's of there's layers within the film and the historical kind of side of it, I really liked because I, I really like that period. You know, I really like that time. It, it fascinates me. And I think Paris in the twenties, it was seen as a bit of a wild time, you know I mean? It was, mm. it was as, as debauchery and, and it was, it was parties. It was jazz. It was everything kind of really yeah. kicking off. They'd obviously gone through shit in the war. Or they were getting ready to go and shit in the war. And, you know, it was all, it was all good in the 1920s. Yeah, but but part of the theme of the film is that each generation looks back fondly, or not yes, not everyone, yeah, but yeah. these types of people look, look back fondly on glasses. previous eras and and sort of yearn to, to be back in those times because before that yeah. you had... The, like the like, there's references to the Belle Epoque and stuff like mm. that, and then pre- even previous to that, well, they go back the, to like her the, time, don't they? Whose time? Marianne Cotillard's. So she takes them back even further. In oh, time. To, to her favourite time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that's what time, you were talking about. The, the Belle yeah, Epoque yeah, yeah, to her yeah, favourite yeah. time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and then there's there's bits about like the French Revolution and so on before that, and it's yeah. you know they're all well. There's a detective that the oh, yeah. father hires <laughs> yeah. who ends up. Trapped with the, in the Versailles, I think yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he gets Quite stuck amusing. into the into the same portal yeah. as uh, as Gil. So it all kind of wraps up, and you 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 know the way that the film's going as far as the relationships are ending. But it's not about that. It is, but it's it's also about the characters and and the actual just having fun in the film. I think you know. I mean, this is this is a, a time travel film and a writer going back to meet his literary heroes to both get the the confidence to move on with his his book and his writing and to move on from his relationship yeah um it's like a highbrow bill and ted's excellent event <laughs> yeah you're yeah. right mm. there there's obviously some issues with woody allen when you sort of hear the name you know that there's this controversy in the background, which I don't know if we want to go into huge detail about what the accusations were, but they're fairly grim. Yeah. yeah. And there was enough, it was considered not good for the party who was affected, 
to bring those charges against him. They were saying, you know, that it it would do no good to have that have the victim relive that stuff in court. So that's why the charges weren't bought. But it's a pretty fucking weird setup that's going on in, in that whole relationship between him and Mia Farrow, you know. I, I'm, I'm of a mind, and this, this might be controversial, you guys have touched upon this stuff before when I haven't been on here and I've been listening. Like, for me, I, I separate the, the art from the artist, mm. right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like we don't really deal with it. It's almost like no one can ever mention a Kevin Spacey film ever again. Like, you know, there, there's been a lot of, like, serious allegations and some, you know, some have been proven and so on. But, like, he's a phenomenal actor. Well, or, that's or, cancel culture, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, like, it's, it's like Michael Jackson's music. And, and so, and I'm not saying, listen, I'm not a big Woody Allen film. Uh, I'm not a big not. Woody Allen film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big Woody Allen fan, so it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really, I'm not coming at it, oh, I'm going to, like, stand up for Woody Allen now. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying, I, I, like, you know, I'm not, I don't buy it. Look, uh, what they, what these people have either done or have alleged to have done is horrific, but if we're talking about this film, if we're talking about, like, yeah. bits of art that have been created, then... Just talk about this film. Yeah, exactly right, to, yeah. Yeah. Well... Part of the issue is that he will, or he does have a tendency to write himself in with uh, a much younger female co-star. So Manhattan, the whole thing is him dating yeah. an 18-year-old girl. And in this one at the end, because it is Woody Allen via a proxy of mm. uh, Wilson, he ends up going off with a much younger girl again. I And it, right. I know it's probably reading too much into it, but were there a couple of shots of her, the way they were framed, it's like, you can tell like the camera's absolutely in love with her like sort of thing like mm. it's he's positioned well, out shot the big star and she's i don't know man it's just easy to read a lot of stuff into those yeah mm. it's slightly i don't know it just i wouldn't normally like you say you wouldn't i could separate it but with him and the way he writes it is a bit like fucking hell, this is a bit like another young girl scenario sort of thing it's I, a bit I, like I, I personally didn't pick up on how young she, she seemed. You know, the age gap wasn't a totally unbelievable not, age gap not between in this one. the two characters. I haven't really seen enough like Woody Allen. Films. But he's writing it as him, as that's the way I saw it. Right. Do, do you but, know, what I was I always think about the the actors and and the teams that are in behind mm. them as well. Mm. You know, I mean, you you talk about some oh, big, big names actors. in this, yeah, yeah, big yeah, actors yeah. in this. Yeah, who, if they I must feel say, it's I'm lazy. I, I don't do my homework on this kind of stuff, like you know. So it, it's it's one of those where I'll watch the film and then I might read a headline and that would make me think something else. Or you know, well, I'm the not, problem is we don't know though. But That's I'm not. I'm, a lot I'm of not. Stories, I'm, yeah, I haven't. I haven't done the the necessary kind of investigation and all that. But I do look at it and I think you know this is. I, and I t I take your point, Sidy. You know, the, the, there's you know. Potentially, if you're looking at it from that point of view, this the, how he's written himself into into roles mm -hmm. with younger girls and things. If he's got a history of that, you would say, well, that that makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm. But he married his own stepdaughter. All very weird. Soon he proven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like Michael Jackson doing a song about sleepovers and mm. stuff. With yeah, <laughs> but you yeah. know, you've got Owen Wilson, you've got Rachel McAdams, you've got Corey Stoll as Hemingway and he was absolutely yeah. rad. He, 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 he was, was in a Marvel yeah. film, Pete. Um, yeah, he Kathy was Yellow Jackets. Yeah. You know, Marion Cox. You've Who? got... Marianne, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Michael Sheen, Alison Pill. Carla 
Brunei. Yeah, uh, the Sultan's yeah. daughter. Yeah, the, the Sultan of Brunei's daughter. So um, I, I don't know. I, I, I would hope that these people have that you know looked at things in details closely. Yeah, like they, they, they've to, all got their own make... integrity as well. If they thought that any of this that we're talking mm. about here was was seeping into the story or the or the the end product or whatever, I'm sure someone would. Have, Although, let's not also forget, as you quite often reference, Dan, their paychecks will probably take the edge off any of the concerns that they might have. <laughs> well, and also they're part of a global Cabal. conspiracy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, is, but they are. Going back to Ryan's toys. Exactly. Woody Allen, though, does not give the whole script to his actors. He'll only give them the scenes that they are involved in. So Tom Hiddleston had no fucking idea that this was a time travel movie. Uh, and when and Wilson was on set, just in some like slacks, and he's like, <laughs> I love that. It's like, what? <laughs> when are you getting changed? Like, what the fuck? Okay, yeah, but again, I think, you know, directors <clears throat> play clever, clever yeah. parts like that. I think we we've had we had it come up in other films, didn't mm. we? When they the, they've just did Adam talk to us about that about when he was meant to fight the a guy in the in the scene with a helmet or something? Oh yeah, I know what film I know what you're talking about there. Yeah. Yeah, the guy that you interviewed that had been Under in the, the film with Scarlett Johansson. I can't remember the name of the film. The skin. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That 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 did happen. I think that what now I know that 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 actually lends itself to what I was saying before about I had no idea. I didn't know it was a time travel movie. I just thought it was, uh, to be honest, at the beginning, quite a boring film about some Americans being in Paris or whatever. And then it that's was, what the Oscar nomination thought as well, yeah. Peter, when they gave him best. Well, it, but it was only ever. then when I realised that he'd gone back in time. But the way it kind of like been handled very kind of like subtly, like you say, there was no kind of like car with flames coming out no. the back of it and, and a crazy dock going like saying 1.21 gigawatts or anything. There was nothing, there was nothing no. like that. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, it's kind of like, it's like the the the, the, uh, the, uh, the series Goodnight Sweetheart or whatever. He, goes, yeah, yeah. he ends up like, yeah, let's not talk about that. But it was it was well and the fact that the actors didn't know that he'd gone back in time as well. I think that came across yeah. like, it, it, you know, in the film to me. Mentioned the Oscars. Yeah. It got nominated for four Oscars, this one, which were Best Picture, Best Director, Best Art Direction, uh, that's the big one they all want to win, and Best Original Screenplay. Did it win? Which is what it won. No, it won, yeah, the screenplay, but it didn't win like the big ones. But it, I don't know, Best Original Screenplay. That's a pretty yeah, big no, one. Yeah, that's a good one, but I always, always like director and Best Picture. But Best Director and Best Picture were his 22nd and 23rd Oscar nominations. Wow. Which is fucking a lot. And he never, he's you never been. Him. He never goes. No. He's never been. No, he's never. So been. I just think he probably doesn't Arrogant. give a fuck about some awards thing. He's just going to make what he likes. Not enough young girls there. Yeah, yes. probably. Too many eyes. <laughs> Rachel McAdams and Michael Sheen's relationship. Did you find that believable? In what respect? I didn't find them didn't ha- find having romantic involvement. Because like, like, they quite... were doing it, yeah, off they? it in real life. Yeah, wow. I, don't, I don't. I don't see why not. She, he, he. I remember. Didn't he? Wasn't he with Kate Beckinsale, or or is with Kate Beckinsale? I don't know. Sir. I'm fairly sure that took me by surprise, but it is then only when go, going back and then watching some things with him. Like he's a fucking seriously good actor. Yeah. And I think he, he's impressive, seriously impressive as a guy. I mean, like you believe everything that 
that he's got a lot of depth and range and everything. All the things that I think, unfortunately, Owen Wilson doesn't have. I think he basically plays the same sort of like, you know, I guess he will appeal to a certain audience, but I'm not sure he's got a, a huge amount of range or depth in, in his acting necessarily. It, but, it always strikes me Owen Wilson plays kind of close to himself yeah. in, in most. Yeah, but in, that's you know. kind of what I'm saying as well. That's, you know, mm-hmm. he, he will... Like, he, he will He will... Yeah, sort of like hit the mark on certain things because that's within his range. Well, let's talk about the money on this one because it's quite interesting. Um, the budget for this was 17 mil, okay. must have been for all the effects. What do you think this did at the box office? I'm going to say win. Big, like, famous cast, well, Woody Oscar Allen. Bounce? I don't know. Lots of Oscar nominations. Yeah, I mean, 17 million seems the top end for me for the, for the production value of what you've got from this because there's a lot of green screen not- and shit. It was weird. There was a lot of the actors not being in the actual scenes that they were in. I don't really notice that, but no, yeah. Um, but it it was you know it didn't seem a particularly expensive shoot for for seventeen mil. When we talk about what was it nine million that we we done that one in ninety four? Yeah, Muriel. Well, I'll put you out your misery. It was a smash. One hundred and fifty four mil back. Wow, which well, I th- was amazed it when I read that. that. I didn't that think any of his films. me, to be honest, yeah. Oscar Bounce and me. Woody Allen, a lot but of people that, will that's just... That's a huge yeah. bounce. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. that's eight, yeah. nine times the amount. Uh, and it's the fourth time, can you guess what it is? That <laughs> Rachel McAdams has played the love interest of a time traveller. Oh, the time traveller's wife. The fourth time. About Midnight time? In Paris. Yeah. What have we got? So we've got Midnight in Paris, About Time... Time Traveller's Wharf. Time Traveller's Wharf. What's the last one? Hot Tub Time Machine. No. Rachel Mm. McAdams. It's Doctor Strange. Uh, I don't think I'd have got there, actually. Doctor Strange, love. Mm. Yeah, so I'm going to ask a question. Dan, were you not entertained? Yeah, I was, but I'm not sure that you was, because you've been very quiet. So were you entertained? I was. There's There's a few things... I find his writing quite pretentious. It's all about art and... Could you forget it was a Woody Allen film? Because no, he wasn't in no, it. No, <laughs> fucking hell. No way. No. Is, you, could, you could have... Well, he wasn't know, in it. So, I mean... It, I, I he was, is in it. He no. is in it. For me, he is in it. It's, it's written as him. It's played as him, which I found that part of it slightly jarring. But the story I really enjoyed... I did actually fall asleep, so I had to rewind and, and put it back on. But I was happy to do that because I did, I did enjoy it. It... I, I had no idea it was going to be a sort of time traveling with that many sort of characters coming into it. So it was it was an interesting story, a nice sort of gentle take on the, the usual time travel sort of saga. Just a few of the sort of Woody Allenisms that I find are just quite samey in all his films. Just took it down from eight or nine to probably a seven for me, but I still I did enjoy yeah. it. I so I really liked the idea of it. Actually, I, as I said, I kind of was a little bit. I felt I find it found it a bit dull. Until I realised, oh, actually, this is this is a time travel movie, and then then it, it sort of like not picked up pace because it wasn't a fast moving movie, but it was definitely something that I I was engaged with. I'm not very well sort of I'm not very knowledgeable about like the the, the characters or the you know the portrayals of the characters. Ernest Hemingway seemed like a you know like quite a strong quirky bit of a you know renegade kind of guy which i don't know anything about ernest Hemingway, so i don't know if he was if he was like that in real life so i yeah. don't know if it was a strong He's portrayal a lad. right okay which so i'm sure i'd appreciated it more if i'd known more about it 
I'd say this was definitely not the sort of film that I ordinarily would have watched, but I'm glad I did, and it held my attention all the way all the way through. Sort of a seven. Yeah, for okay. me, seven out of ten. No, I I hated this. I, I, I hated Owen Wilson. I hated him as the Woody Allen proxy. It probably says something that my about my own anxieties that this sort of whiny, insecure, pathetic pseudo intellectual who's just sort of really ineffectual just utterly enrages me and i i can't relate to him at all or and i despise him he's got this dilemma of whether to slip let the relationship slip away with his beautiful fiance who's got loads of money i'm sure you know that they've been together for ages or shack off with some other chick who he then loses and then hints that he's maybe going to pick up some girl in a cafe at the end who's about half his age i mean what the fuck this is not this is ridiculous and that's exactly the plot of the film and he then meets all these literary guys i'm sure if this movie you know if that floats your boat it's like the fucking avengers for you when they were punching shit and i was going woo you know matisse talking to you and them cracking a joke about some obscure 1960s fucking german movie that i've never heard of if that floats your boat brilliant but it just did absolutely nothing I'm for so me. Pleased. Fucking I'm hated this. Absolutely delighted. <laughs> <laughs> because if everybody enjoys the films all the time, then it's it uh, boring. It's yeah. A bit, I, but no, particularly Reese, because he's just put me through the mill on so many occasions. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. So yeah. it, it, it's such a pleasure to realise that I've. Kind of got your back one here. Yeah, I've enjoyed the film even more now that I know how upset Reese is by it. Not a fan. Children's Entertainment, did we keep it uh, within our European theme? That was the feeling, actually. I've been watching this for a, a few, seems like years, but it's weeks. No, I... Find Me in Paris. It's a kids thing on Netflix. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. (laughs) Good start. Yeah, great start. Solid in the ballet world. It's big in my house, like, because I have an aspiring ballerina, dancer, stroke, cat... Time traveller. Time (laughs) traveller, rocket builder. Yeah, well, much the same way Destroyer of Big Brother World's daughter. In much the same way that Pete was saying about the time travel aspect not being immediately apparent Mm. in Midnight in Paris, I had no idea when watching this that there was going to be a time travel. No, neither did I. A double European time travel episode. But the subtlety was broken in the opening seconds because there's the narration where she goes, my name is Lena Grisky and I go to the best ballet school in the world. I have a secret. I'm a time traveller from 1905 (laughs) and my boyfriend Henri is doing everything he can to get me home. It's just like Quantum Leap or something, you know? Yeah, like, it was uh, very, very grand, the opening. You know, you got all yeah. these... It looked like they'd splashed a load of cash making this. Well, it's they semi-big did. budget, about 12 mil. Really? On the, on the episodes, on the, the on the series kind well, of Well, you could tell yeah. that, actually, because yes. the actors are fairly good. And, yeah, and the camera yes. is... I noticed the camera particularly... Well, that's not very good quite, in a TV program. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it's really dynamic. It had these... Gra- it's set in all these grand halls and things, particularly the first part where she's oh. in 1905 and she's... Big a, production a, values. Yeah, yeah, big production you know. values. And the camera's swooping around as it yeah. follows them through the halls. And there's a conversation in a big hall and the camera 
cameras moving between them. It was artfully done, you know. It was well, you know, that you could tell there had been money spent on this and good directors associated with it. And so, so how it features is, I think this one's called. It's a play on Phantom of the Opera, yeah. isn't it? What's the name? Portal of the, of the Opera, or Portal something. Portal of the Opera, I think it is. So basically, this is the episode that sets it up and. As we talked about, that first episode is sometimes a little bit tough to, mm. to get over the hump. But as Sidey would agree, this started like a freight train. And yeah. you weren't getting off. Am I right? Mm. Okay. So uh, it takes a little bit of time to get on. We're, we're into the series now in my house. We're, we're right down the line. But in this first one... You don't one, need to look nervously around the room, Dan. I'm, I'm with you. This is fucking tops. This, yeah, this yeah, is this okay, isn't it? No, yeah. no, I'm, I'm quite happy with my choice here because yeah. it's, it's popular in our house, you know. And if the kids like it... And I know you're struggling a little bit over there, Sidey, but you haven't got bad language. You haven't got any commercialism in this. They're not trying to sell you anything else. You've got some positive role models that are doing ballet and things. I you've know got, it's a little bit silly and daft, but you've got French I like Vincent the sci-fi Price. thing on it. You know, it, it's gentle sci-fi with this kind of time travel element. It's got a sort of Doctor Who feel to it almost. It's got, it's got a Doctor Who stuff. feel. Yana loves it because all the guys are in their tights and yeah. you can get, you know, mm. you, you just well, see there's a bit of, uh, and everything. There's a bit so, of bulge going on. Yeah, there's some bulge going on yeah. for the girls. So, and... There's one called Max, I think his name is. Yeah, he's the posh outsider. Yes, he was yeah, kicked Max. out of school. We hear a lot school. about him. In that. One of the girls says to the other, he's got secrets, so you can tell. His parents were killed a in a tragic accident. <laughs> he's got a massive trust fund. And so he's basically... <laughs> you, know. can, you can see his massive trust fund through his jodhpurs or whatever. It, at the moment, were. he's got everything he needs to be Batman. But uh, he was brought up by his aunt, who instead of teaching him you know, to be a ninja and shit, taught him ballet. It's got like that typical sort of fish out of water type humor to it when she finds herself humor. in 2018 oh, you know she yeah. learns new societal norms by immersion so she's she's um no one thought it, it was weird if when you... she appeared in the midst of this big performance no one questioned like who's the random in the wrong outfit who's just turned in up? Red. I, I well, think they, it was because they're all so very uh serious and professional and about nervous, what it is so that they, they, do, don't that know they what... didn't even notice yeah they're just so concentrated on their own part. And then when she collapses onto the floor and she says, my name's Lena, she gets mistaken for an Italian girl who's meant to be turning up in two or three days' time. Who is also called Lena or Helena? Helena, Helena or yeah, something, yeah. They don't really stop around to explain it yeah, too they, much they more They dealt than with the, the, well, with she the confusion. Was, but she was unconscious. I mean, and they didn't take her to hospital or anything. There, there's, just... there's certainly some safeguarding issues throughout yeah. this. The, yeah, it's the, ruthless, the, the ballet world, though, isn't it? We've, it we've it's the ballet world when they see the swan. talent. Exactly. We've yeah. seen this kind of thing. But there Whiplash wasn't... as well. You know, yeah. when they, they push these young talents to as, as hard as they can. It, it did that thing where you have her prancing around on stage and then it cuts to the ballerina's feet. Yeah, and, and someone else. There's no attempt to every, like say this every, is the same person dancing. Yeah, every it's episode, just, wearing different shoes. <laughs> every yeah. episode, the only person that doesn't notice it is my little girl, who's loving this. You know, yeah. Well, I was horrified because I was trying to sneak this in no, without no, anyone, you, and my daughter is... came in, <laughs> and oh fuck, I should have turned off. But it. she sat down and watched from about 15 minutes in 
Um, I said, oh, did you like that one? And she goes, I don't really understand it. I think, fuck. Oh, yeah, I think it's a little oh, bit old for them, but it yeah. seems fairly yeah, wholesome. I, I had a um, similar sort of scenario where I was I was watching this by myself because like a five-year-old and three-year-old boy, this isn't yeah. really what they're into. And uh, my five-year-old came in the room and sort of sat down next to me and I just felt, I felt <laughs> like I had to pause it because I felt like I was like, if I put myself in his shoes... He's going to be thinking, what the fuck is my old man watching? Yeah. Well, I have to admit, I watched it today and I put it on. And a lot of it is attractive young girls prancing about in ballet costumes, yeah. right? And I thought if my missus walked in <laughs> right now, you know, yeah. she, what she Can would get, think. Is it, she'll be thinking, oh, is the whole podcast thing a cover story? <laughs> for, uh, I got rumbled watching um, Dua Lipa at the Grammys because uh-huh. I quite fancy her so i put that on on youtube and i was just like yeah it's really good it's just like a bit of a montage of hits and whatever and the outfit gets skimpier and skimpier, skimpier. and i look around and the missus just watching me the, 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 the it's like, i see you fucking pervin like, uh, uh, literally nothing i can say i've just been completely done i'm gonna watch it again later when she's in bed so yeah a lot of it is like her adjusting to her new life so she laughs when water comes out of a tap and um hysterics at the dyson hand dryer dyson yeah. Air blade. yeah yeah she can talk to her ex-boyfriend who well, he's not an ex um, well her current boyfriend yeah, Henri, yeah Henri, through a magical if- chimney that's yeah. right yeah they go up on the roof and there seems to be a a loose brick in a chimney that they can remove and swap messages we often say why doesn't she just try and find a way in there like you know but in the chimney in the chimney <laughs> so we knew, we, that's maybe that's what she was trying to do in uh who knows what will happen because this runs for three series believe 78 episodes and counting yeah right wow yeah well i, I found the like the dad to be a bit of like like obtuse yeah, a, and a bit of a dick. Who French Vincent well, Price? He's I, not I, fucking I, around, Pete, because he's know. a serious yeah. time traveller. He, and and Henri like, is just fucking around with it because I'm, he's found this 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 time travel necklace, given it to the girl <laughs> after he. And, right. and then he's fucked up the, the time continuum. Okay, here. but I, I understand. And you want to just play around the edges, Pete. No, no, no. I, I, get I, it. I, I understand. I, I've watched it and understood that. But I just wondered, like, what was, how did he talk to his son before all of that happened? Like, all of a sudden it's now, like, like the that guy's getting he up. Is. Like, I don't know what age he's meant to be. Let's say he's 18. Mm. So, for the first 18 years of his life, has he always spoken to him like that? Or now is, now is <laughs> just like, today. Yeah, like, the- just today. He's like, re- like, just obtuse and dismissive and weird and. I d- yeah, yeah like but the to son is like, a, is, is a like, fucking moron, though. Yeah, isn't like he? He's, anno- he's annoying. Son. I don't know. I just can't see more than what he's doing right at that second and can't see the the play ahead or two plays ahead which is obvious to everyone else so he does become a bit of an annoying character but it doesn't focus on for a time travel thing it doesn't jump back too much to be honest it most of the time stays in the present as you go on through the episodes and focuses on the dancing and the challenges of, of the dancing and things it was like, uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie Frequency with Dennis Quaid, where he can talk to his father or oh, something. Oh, I know like, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. radio. It was like yeah, a really slow, that, yeah. ver- it's like Royal Mail version of that. Yeah. <laughs> where they just leave letters <laughs> in the magic chimney and they talk to each other. And there was, I thought, I wrote it down wrong and I only realised afterwards 
I called them the tongue eaters, but it was the time collectors. The time collectors. So, yeah. yeah and so I was like, oh, that of... sounds exciting, but they apparently are a bunch of steampunk douchebags. Well, they are. They're, they're kind of <laughs> steampunk dressed three teenage guys who able to manipulate time as well. And basically the bad guys chasing them. They want this time clock. If they can get so many together, something other portals could open up and they'll have more control. She's not interested in that. She just wants to get back. But in the meantime, she has to cover herself and pretend to be this Italian girl and dance. She has to dance to prove that she's good enough. Because as we've already pointed out, if you're a good enough dancer, if she really is like some kind of world-class dancer from, you know, Russia 1905 or present day, then they'll find a way of keeping her because she's got the time. Yeah, that, that, uh, it didn't get dealt with in this episode. And one thing that I was interested about was, because I think before it was her turn, she either fainted again or she left the room. Or I can't remember exactly what happened, but... She uh, was, she bombed out at the dance. Thing, yeah, I was, she? I was interested to see whether her 1905... I mean, but she wasn't even that good in 1905, was she? Because she was like... She was yeah, supposed to be. she was. Out. She was like supposed, supposed to be, to be the, the prima ballerina, fucking, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, a, a budding prima ballerina, but she was like... Her friends were slugging her off, but she she admitted to being... A, say- a, yeah, a, a prospective prima ballerina. But... Yeah, I, I don't know enough about ballet to know. So let's say kind of like artists from 1905, their work would stand up now. But a footballer from 1905, if you put that person in the modern game, would mm. immediately be noticeable as being bollocks at football compared to everyone mm. else. And like with the whole like modern dance thing that clearly was... You know, it was like ballet with a twist. It was kind of like some urban ballet yeah, was, going on and stuff. Yeah. So. I don't know whether or not I don't know enough about it to know whether her even if she was a prima ballerina in 1905 would would that stand up in today's you only yeah. have to watch 78 more episodes to find out or ask Dan because he probably knows I've watched probably about 18 of those mm. and I could answer those questions yes Peter she doesn't actually stand up to be the all-encompassing dancer from the beginning that you might have been led to believe from the beginning mm. where she is this kind of prima donna. Shock uh, horror, but know, does she work whatever. her way up? Because the... it is a modern dance, you know, there is a different way of dancing. They show that sometimes and just her culturally getting used to... She has to sleep her way. A hundred years or so. So there is a lot of... No, there isn't. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a sweet old kind of thing. She's from Rochdale or something. So you can actually hear the accent just come through now and again. Right there, you know, it just drops into Coronation Street or something. <laughs> Maybe not in the first episode, but as you as you listen on a, a little more... You she might certainly didn't sound up. Russian in any way, shape no, or form. No. No. She, she's not Russian. And either. it was all in Paris anyway. But, Hence the title. It wasn't just... Yeah, in, I've as I watched a few, it doesn't... It, it it goes on that it doesn't ever end. <laughs> but I quite like this. Want, I what do you want in a kids' TV program? Yeah, you know, lasers. I mean, it, it's, I, I it's pretty. It's pretty robots pos- positive, and it's it's something different. It's not maybe what I would want to watch. Is it? Is it if I was a a twelve year old boy or or whatever a twelve year old girl or something like that? Then 
this might be exactly what I want to watch. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. What I will what do boy, you know, is I have a nine-year-old daughter and I will put her onto this and she has done dance and ballet. She doesn't do it anymore, but I'd be interested to see if this is if the sort of thing that she would like. Kind of yeah, yeah. She wants to do, I will, yeah. I will ask that question. But my little girl, she dances around watching it. When, when we're watching this, she dances around the, the lounge. Sometimes she goes even as dance as far as the East Wing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think my little girl is still a little bit young for this, but I wouldn't mind her watching it when she is a little bit older. It hasn't got a fucking unicorn in it, so she wouldn't give a shit about it anyway right. at the moment. Yeah. But seven. Yeah. Oh, but she, she enjoys a bit on, of dancing. Knocking on the door real life at, at, at seven once. Um, yeah, I know. You know. I can see it. Go. But it's it seems fairly wholesome. It's got a good but ridiculous storyline. Yeah. You know, the cast are ethnically diverse and yeah. easy on the know, eye easy on the eye it's it was good yeah i thought this was okay i didn't like it no but i would it just because it wasn't my sort of thing and it also production wise reminded me of pony sitters club yeah it, it did have that kind of no it was much more high budget than that. i don't know whether it no, was wrong. i think it was just shot in in a in a slight but i think it, it seemed a, a similar budget to me i i Maybe it was I, the glamour that, of the ballet. That kind of point. There was a you know a finish to it. That aesthetic, that, um, yeah, 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 very polished. A, there was a, a finish to this. Thing. Having having moaned about it, if my daughter wanted to watch it, I'd be fine with that. You know, it'd be fine for her. It's just I'd go and do something else while it was on. Is is to be honest though, it's it's mainly positive messages. But I've sat there and watched it with uh, mm. my daughter and the wife watches it with us as well and sometimes you want to chip in just to reinforce the messages a little bit to to younger viewers you know you want to be there not just to watch it let them watch it alone but Mm. just to say oh that's not very nice is it she didn't you know just to just to quite kind of make some of the points yeah a, a little bit more forceful than they do Probably because of the older viewers will will just be able to take it on. But mm. if you're watching with younger ones, it might be a better way to watch it. With or them. alternatively, if you're trying to groom a psychopath, mm. do the total opposite of what Dan just said. And like yeah, really criticise their moral choices. And then put on Midsummer, And, and yeah. then whatever. So that's some yeah. parenting advice. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Bad dads. This obviously wasn't targeted at me, but... Whilst I wouldn't choose to ever watch another episode of it, no, if God, my no. daughter wanted to watch it again, like you said, I'd be okay with that. And, and I guess a bit of me does kind of wonder what happens and and you know where where it goes, but not enough to um, masturbate. Yeah, 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 but not enough to climax from it. Yeah. <laughs> right, another episode in the can. We are rapidly counting down to episode one hundred. We'll have to do wow. something mega for that thanks chaps pete you are nominated for next week have you got anything i do have i've done Did a lot more. To no no he didn't he didn't have any influence in this okay a little bit i i was inspired i've actually been inspired by a couple of things one trying to broaden my horizons which this episode has done in terms of uh films set in europe and so on there's quite a lot of films that to my shame i I probably should have seen so but inspired by watching narcos which is predominantly uh non-english language albeit with some english language i wanted to pick a top five what the the oscars refer to as foreign language films but i'm specifically not english language and so inspired by that and actually i did a bit of research and looked through like back catalog of of non-english language films there is a film that kind of intrigued me called 
The Secret in Their Eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. An I've Argentinian seen it. film. Yeah, it's great. 2009, yeah. which I wanted to cover as our main feature, unless everyone's seen it before, no, apart from me. It. You probably won't be able to find it, but we'll deal with that. Deal with that. Children's television, not quite foreign language, because I don't think there's any actual like dialogue in it, but unless it's been done before, I'd like to do Grizzy and the Lemmings. No, which I don't I'm know if you've seen before. It's on Netflix. Okay. The really good news is that the episodes are about six minutes long. Uh, but I like them. Okay. I like them. So I'd like to. Grizzly and the Lemmings. Lemmings. Yeah. So it's a not speaking English themed episode. It's, it's a French production, I think. So it, it kind of carries on, but there's no, it's not a foreign language thing because it's about a bear and they can't talk. Yeah. So um, not, okay. So not being able to talk or not speaking English. Yeah, okay. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, I've brought in like that. It. And as a departure from that as a topic, and for the midweek mention, Harry Potter and the Prisoner oh, of Azkaban. Yeah. Yeah, we are we're putting you through the mill rigs. You have to watch this, yeah, you yeah, have to okay. critique it. Yeah. You have to try and not be an obnoxious bell end if at all yeah, possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's yeah, it's fucking brilliant. Which and you, you number is that thing. in the It's number three. Number three. Yeah, it's number so it's three. basically where, where I dumped out pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do I do I need to have watched the other because I haven't seen any of them? Have you read well, any they of survived the, books? the first two? Read right. the, read the synopsis of the first couple and then but three's where it starts getting real good. Real good. It's oh, a okay. fucking great film. Is it got Gary Oldman in? Yes, it does one? have Gary mm-hmm. Oldman in. Yeah. yeah, he is the prisoner. Of- yeah. He was in the second one as well, wasn't he? No. No? No. His yeah. character is introduced in the third one. Okay. Okay. That's very exciting. Listen to us and review us and subscribe to us and do all that good stuff. If you want to contribute a blog, you'll have to wait in line because Pete's got the next one. I'm doing a trilogy of reviews on the Skyline franchise, which, (laughs) you know, that should really pique your interest. Yeah, you can find all them at baddadsfilm.com. Yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll do a blog if anybody wants to nominate a film. What about you? I'll watch it and I'll blog on it. Oh, I should oh, say yeah, that. Yeah, nice. What if somebody I'm asked for Dan's there. unique take? I yeah. love it. I should yeah. say that we've been asked to. A listener has demanded us to do a midweek mention on Kickboxer. Okay, nice. So we need to fit that in somewhere. Who is but, that? Uh, Breachy Rocket. Thank you, Breachy. But that's all for tonight. All that remains is to say, Sidey signing out. I know. I don't know what to say at this bit anymore. Say so bye. Bye. <laughs> Dan's gone. Yeah, and Peter Andre's gone as well. <laughs>